0: The great theme that runs from end to end in the three readings, even in the psalm, is a theme that we are not very accustomed to think about, but extremely relevant, and that is heaven. The first reading is really moving. It's the story of an entire family, including children and a mother who prefer to be martyrs rather than to go against God's law. One of these children, the Maccabees, says to his executioner before dying, it is my choice to die at the hands of men with the hope God gives of being raised by him. But for you, there will be no resurrection to life. God and heaven were so real for this family. And in the gospel, Jesus, confronts the Sadducees. They were perplexed about heaven because they thought that heaven was a literal continuation of this life. And they present him like a sort of study case. It was not real, just to test Jesus. And that's why, because they were getting wrong, he tells them, those who are deemed worthy to attain to the coming age and to a resurrection of the death, neither marry nor are given in marriage. They can no longer die, for they are like angels. In heaven, Jesus is saying, we will all be facing God. So I think a realistic question is, why is it that we don't think so much about heaven? And at least in my own experience, I've seen two reasons. First, heaven seems to be a distant reality, far from our experience. And in one aspect, this is true. Aristotle taught that all our knowledge comes through our senses. Our memory treasures images that are associated with concepts. I will never forget the first time in my life I went to a soccer stadium. I was seven years old. I remember the moment exactly when I was holding my dad's hand. up the stairs and suddenly I had the view of this massive stadium. 70,000 fans, I remember the colors, the sounds, the adrenaline, my heart started to beat. And for many weeks I, I remember that. And after that every time someone would mention the word stadium I could easily in some way picture that image my mind, I could in some way recreate that image. And that is how knowledge works in us. Once we have seen something, it's easy to us to imagine it. But what imagine do we have when we think of heaven? What do we associate with it? And I think we find hard to imagine heaven because we have a hard time imagining Jesus. And it's hard to desire what we cannot imagine. This is the first reason. And the second reason, more practical, is that we don't think too much about heaven, not because we do not believe in heaven, but because we are too busy to think about heaven. It's like we think that we cannot be looking out of the present. I would guess that if someone asks you tonight, do you believe in heaven? Probably all of us would say, yes, I believe, but I have to work tomorrow, but I have to work on my internship, but I need to pay the bills. And probably some of us would say, I believe in heaven, but I cannot see a great connection between my daily life and this reality. To use an expression, if the word of God today is saying heaven, heaven, we have like a center of gravity that says Earth, Earth, like an anchor that pulls us down. And even more modern and postmodern philosophy have direct one of their most deadly attacks to Christianity about this topic. They would criticize Christianity's approach to heaven. Marx, Nietzsche, Sartre, Foucault, they would affirm Christianity distracts people when it suggests people to think about heaven. They would attack Christianity because it seems that we make people get distracted. It seems for them that it would lead us to be uncommitted with this world. So, if it's difficult to imagine heaven and sometimes its distance from our daily life, why is it that Jesus speaks so much about heaven. Why is it it that when you read the Gospels, Jesus speaks so much about the presence of heaven that is closer than what we think? So many times that says that the the heavenly Father sees in secret. Or at the end of his life, he says that if he would want, he would ask his Father and 12 legions of angels will protect him. When, when we approach the gospel, there's a clear affirmation that heaven and earth are very close to each other. And why is it that every Sunday, and, and today we will proclaim it, we say, I look forward to the resurrection of the death and the life to the world to come. Why heaven is relevant? That's today's theme. And I want to suggest three reasons why heaven is relevant. And our spiritual homework will be to ponder in one of these three reasons and see how it gives you light for this week. The first reason is that heaven is relevant because the more you think about heaven, the more you get involved in this world. The people, and this is a paradox, who most transformed this world were those who had their eyes more fixed on heaven the saints. Heaven, eternal life, it's not a place. It's a situation to live in Christ, to be with Jesus. So more than an object, we need to think about a person. And the saints were men and women that after encountering Christ, after experiencing the difference that the life in Christ makes, they dedicate all their energy. They had one single ambition, to love more Christ, and to help others to reach heaven. That was the one passion that you will find in every biography of any saint. One ambition. They were so ambitious, the saints. There was no real ambition for them that to get to know Christ and to lead others towards them. They were aware that every person has a single, uh, an immortal soul that is destined to be with Jesus. And that's why they had such apostolic seal. That's why they had a heart for the lost. That is why they traveled. They lived in poor places. They learned languages. That's why they would love and serve those to whom they were sent. Even more, that is why many of them were martyrs, as today's first reading. power does not make martyrs. Love makes martyrs. If we would ask those Maccabeans from the first reading, what was your secret? Did you have like a a special fortitude? Say no. We had a great love for our God. Love is what produced martyrs. Love is what has led so many saints and we ask that grace to go beyond that instant of self-protection and to love without Counting the cost. And when you love Jesus, when you understand, as Psalm 84 says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere, you commit to this life more than anyone, even to the point of giving your life. This is the first reason. When we authentically fix our eyes on heaven, we get really committed with this world, contrary to what Marx and Nietzsche would think. The second reason is that in heaven, our deepest desires will find an object that fulfills them. We were designed so that we couldn't find total happiness in this life. We long for infinite truth, infinite love, infinite beauty. And that's why in this life, we are not completely satisfied. A proof about this is that sometimes we get disappointed. I don't know if it happens to you that, for example, you are hungry, and suddenly you see like an advertisement of an amazing hamburger. It looks amazing. And you buy that hamburger, and you say, is this it? There's no more than this. But also even more profound in relationships, sometimes We're a bit unjust with others. We higher our expectations with others because unconsciously we ask them a love, we ask them a beauty, we ask them a source of approval that only God can give us. And when we lose this perspective, we are unjust with others. We get very demanding. And that's why it's so liberating to contemplate that people around me can give them what they can give you and that your heart longs for some, something else. And this that gives so much peace. An image that can help us is to think about the birth of a baby. Imagine that he, a baby is in her mother's womb. And for that baby, if we could use our imagination, that womb, it's everything. It seems huge. And, but that baby, he couldn't imagine that outside that womb, there's another reality. But we adults that are here, we know the life that is waiting for him outside that womb, a life that is much broader, richer, more authentic. It's a much more luminous and beautiful world that is expecting that baby outside that womb. And when we die, I think it's very similar to what happens when we are born. We live like a small place, like the womb of a mother. And we will pass to a much bigger, brighter, victorious place where there are no tears, as Paul says, but there will be praise and worship. And we will be able to say, Lord, you are better than I expected. We will be overwhelmed by joy if we have the grace to be with him. And finally, the third reason, heaven is relevant, because if heaven exists, that means that one day we will get answers to those things that we do not completely grasp during our life. Returning to example of the baby in a mother's womb, imagine somebody asking, "Why does a baby in a womb need an arm? Why does he need eyes if he cannot see?" In the womb. But the physician would say he will need them in the future. There are some things that we cannot get why we are struggling with that. But the Lord knows that one day we will need those experiences to be in his eternal presence. For example, suffering. Many times we cannot understand why. Sometimes it's easier, but sometimes not. Maybe we lost a loved one. Maybe there's an illness in your family, or mental health issues, or someone has offended you. And although we can always unite with Christ in the cross, it gives us so much hope that one day we'll see all the fruit of that cross. We'll be able to see what Jesus did with that cross, all the salvation that we want for our own soul, but also for the life of others. We will see the amazing providence of God. Or or lastly, if we think about sacrificial love, sometimes we don't feel gratification when we sacrifice for others. Not always. And it's beautiful to think that in heaven, if heaven is real, there's no one act of love that will be lost. All those times that we sacrifice in the secret for others, all those times that nobody commend us, we will see the fruits of those acts of love. All the good will be in the light of Jesus. We'll see all the fruits of those, all those times that we renounce to ourselves that we sacrifice for others. We will say, all was worth it. All those times you fight for a soul, all those times that you fight for your children, you'll be beautiful. we will be able to see that. Historians say that Columbus expedition to America almost failed. And at one point, the sailors began to re- revolve and almost turn around. There was no hope. But what changed history that morning, and we pray that for us, in this Mass is that one morning, very early, they heard a cry that ran like lightning, Earth, Earth. Well, let us pray that in this Mass and during this week, we may, from our inside, the Holy Spirit will shout, Heaven, Heaven.